0: I am sick, my throat hurts, my body aches, this is all the intro you're getting. This is making Doug listen to podcasts, and this is our theme song.
2: Doug's just
1: a normal guy, still has his own, but he doesn't know why. Now the writing's on the wall. It's time he left the past, gonna listen to his first podcast. We know he's gonna have a bone. Interview celebrities, politics and all comedy. We'll make him listen to it all.
2: Now Doug.
0: Ladies and gentlemen of the Potterverse, welcome back once again to Making Doug Listen to Podcasts, the show that's one part podcast review and one part long-form experiment where we force my brother-in-law to listen to podcasts and then force him to talk to us about them. I am joined, as always, by the two, what the press are calling, this is not me, the two sexiest men in podcasting <laughs> to my left I've got Brandon and to my right I've got Doug that is right I'm I'm telling you right now okay the, I'm gonna be honest right now uh, cards on the table the press is not actually the press no one has actually said anything <laughs> that was, about that wasn't that was entirely a lie but I am confident someday that I think you're both very good looking I guys. really
1: wish you would just, I kicked you in like, hey, what press? And then you would have come up with some fake answer so I could have a little bit of a uh, uh, buoyancy to...
0: The New Brunswick Tool and Die Monthly.
1: Thank... Oh, that is so great to hear. That Look, they are, they, they care don't know much us. about
0: podcasting, but they know sexy guys. They know they sexy when they see it. Mm-hmm.
1: Listen, Tool and Die... Don't ask why.
0: Did that's uh, that's what every. Yeah, there you go. Any of those work. <laughs> Trademark right here. If, if you want them, New Brunswick, come and claim them. Doug. Yes, sir. How are you doing, buddy? We're checking in with Doug. One of our trademarked uh, things that we do here.
3: I'm doing great. I am also a little
1: under the weather, but I'm also medicated. So right. A good show. Fantastic. Well, Doug's I'm sipping on lean, and you are also seem to be sipping on lean. So I'm hoping that everybody's all doped up.
0: Yeah, I've got a little bit of tea in here. I'm keeping it pretty, pretty natural. It's a little chamomile, uh-huh. which for uh, with codeine. A t- oh yeah. Oh, tons, tons of, of coating. Oh, by the way, wait a minute. What is that? Not another word. Oh, when I said chamomile, that's actually what I meant to say. Oh, codeine. yeah, because yeah.
1: you are brewing your tea in liquid. Codeine. And I, this uh, is just hot coding. It's just hot coding. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hot coding would be a very successful drink, I think.
0: Absolutely. And also, my 10th and 11th grade years, the uh, all-white funk band that I was in was called Hot Codeine.
1: Oddly Guys not, that was a long <laughs> walk. Snopes it up. That was a
0: pretty short walk, but it still may have been a disappointment in the end.
3: A disappointment for me just because I'm highly allergic to coding. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And so I couldn't partake.
1: As in, you're like, get addicted to the stuff immediately? No, it means I immediately throw up. Uh, Okay, yeah, that's not so fun. Mm, That is not good. Then I do it for like 12 hours. Have you thought about trying to do it other than orally? Perhaps rectally.
0: Rectally? Anally? No. No.
1: Never once crossed my mind?
0: I mean, if it bothers your stomach, that's another route.
1: I mean, so yeah, your your small intestine can absorb it right up. Your
0: pooper is super
1: absorbent. Doctor has never suggested that to me? Listen, we're close enough to our doctors, I think, for the purposes. Sure. Let's get some coding. We'll let's, Large
0: intestine, let's... a colon. You're right there. Yeah. You're right at the the, we'll f- end, the end of the old line. There, we'll flip Doug over. Mm. We'll get a funnel. Yeah, we'll
1: pump him full of cone. We'll see what happens. You
0: know what I'm hearing in all this second video, so <laughs> Yeah,
3: yeah it does sounds silly for me not to take your guys' medical advice. Anyway, I've taken us
0: way <laughs> off track. You're right. When you know when you're dealing with Brandon and I, you'd be you're the one who looks dumb if you don't take our medical advice. That's true. Um, Doug, you said you had a very Doug story, a story that's very illustrative of who you are as Doug to tell us before we jump feet first into this week's podcast. The Joe
1: Rogan experience. Yes,
3: indeed. Well, I mean, it does actually play into our, um, our normal questions to kick us off. Sure. So we can kick off. All right, Doug, I'm, I'm
0: so glad you've prompted us into this. I'm going to tell you why. This is a new year. Uh Uh-huh. And this is really exclusively because you've been such a good boy last year. Yes. We always ask you, did you have trouble finding the podcast and did you listen to both episodes and where did you listen to them? First two, we're not asking you anymore. We are officially for 2019 and likely forever retiring those questions. Okay. And the third question, where do you listen to? Brandon, why are we retiring that one?
1: Well, Doug, you seem to only listen to podcasts in two places. And so maybe if if you ever listen to them outside of your workplace or in the yard doing yard work,
2: then let us know. But if that's not
1: the case, we're just going to breeze right past and assume mm. that that's the case.
3: That does, I would say, sum up 2018. (laughs) So then let me just say, hey, guys, I have a funny story to tell you.
1: Love to hear it. Let's hear it. Doug, before you
0: tell the story, just a quick moment of silence because we are saying goodbye to uh, what is a a core tradition of the show? Real quick. Okay, that's good. Give us your story, Doug.
3: So as I was... uh, listening to the podcast for this week's episode the joe and, rogan experience and you know and, and john had said to me at one point he said hey you know uh how far into the podcast are you and i said oh i haven't even started and he looks at me and seriously got the big eyes and went what
1: he's all you now know. doug
0: you mentioned this was yesterday right yeah oh okay. i'm sorry this was yesterday <laughs> His,
1: yeah no, no. this was late last night <laughs> okay right <clears throat> and he, the deadline
3: was quick was, approaching right mm-hmm. and he gave me guys like oh crap and i'm like what and he's all you know they're three hour episodes right and i of course i thought no he's kidding he's like three hours yeah he's, doug
0: giggled a little when i said yeah. i'm like no no dude i'm serious you have six hours yeah. of listening <clears throat> by tomorrow night
3: yeah and and john's like you know he said he said, you know, do you need to postpone? You know, We can talk to Brandon and see if we can do it another day. And I said, no, you know what? I'll make it work. I said, if I absolutely can't, I'll let you know, and I'll let you know on air. And uh, so I did listen to great. both podcasts, both episodes, so all six hours today, and I replaced essentially music in my day okay. with the Joe Rogan Experience.
1: Uh, and is that what it's called? Yeah, it, yes. It, it is. Sure. Actually, okay, the great. Joe Rogan Experience.
3: There you go. That's uh, it.
1: Wait, so where, I'm okay. guessing you were at work then? No. Oh, so you were at I'm home. A, I'm actually on vacation. Right. So I
3: I was listening as I was, you know, kind of puttering around the house this morning, uh, doing some uh, stuff. Photoshop- yard work, perhaps? Uh, no yard I was work. Like, Short Br- shorts? Brandon, we're getting dangerously close <laughs> right. to you. <Dub>, Doug, where'd you <laughs> right. listen to this podcast? No, no, no yard work. I actually was uh, working on the photos that are, are up on our, on the website. Okay. So, so it's all podcast related, that's good. Everything podcast related in my awesome. whole life. Everything's nothing, coming up podcasts. But. It is. Okay, here's the funny part. Yeah. So one of the things I hear people say all the time is they listen to podcasts like while they're driving to work and sure. while they're doing this, whatever. I don't have a very long commute to work, so I never do that. But today I was driving out to uh Studio City to meet my daughter Chloe for lunch, Hmm. and I thought, you know, I'm already in the middle of this podcast. It's, I know it's going to take me all day to get through these two. Sure, I'm I'm listening basically at all all times. So I thought I'm going to listen in the car. You know, everybody else seems to do whatever. This is a brand new experience for
1: Doug. Doug mm -hmm. Doug may. a
3: new experience. But, you know, so I don't like... And the
0: joke is truly on us that we've retired this question just in time finally, for Doug to listen to it I somewhere I think that this new. is the so
3: perfect
2: uh,
0: yes, the exception the that makes off. a rule. Yes, right. it is. So This may never I'm, happen again. I'm Brandon. in
3: the car. I've got, you know, the one headphone in mm. uh, as I'm driving, listening to it, you know, on my phone. And it, it's fine, but it's also a little annoying because, like, if... uh I think at one point I got a call and it cuts off and sure. all this stuff. But anyways... And I'm just thinking, this is kind of annoying. I don't, I'm not sure why people do this in their car. And I thought, oh, you know what? And this is, I wish this was a paid placement. It is not. I drive a, a Hyundai Sonata. Right. Uh-huh. I love my car. I mean, truly wonderful car. It's got You've had the, multiple Hyundais, right? We've had five. Right. You give it family. kisses, uh, hugs. Sure no, Doug, your, your car, it's a pretty
0: new one. It's got all the dashboard candy, right? It's, it's very it's got blue, Bluetooth, Bluetooth and, connection.
3: Bluetooth connection, it's got the navigation, it's got heated, air-conditioned seats, it's got everything, really Do you mind if I ask,
0: why were you listening with one earphone in like you were in a 1984 Yugo?
3: So, this is where the funny story comes in. (laughs) Okay. Because it's me. He's promised it, it's going to (laughs) come. Yep. John, just wait for it. So, uh, and I'm thinking, well, you know what, this car's got everything else. I look and I'm like, yeah, sure enough, it's got the little auxiliary thing. Now, I know it has a USB port. Yes. But I've only used that to charge my phone. Right. And I know my phone doesn't work because I thought when I first got it, I thought, oh, cool, I'll do this and plug in my phone and use it. You know, that doesn't work. Hmm. And I knew that going into this. But I, so I had the little. Doug, cord have you function.
0: never paired your phone with your car? Oh, my God. Seriously? No, I use ever I my
3: phone oh. to call. Like if I have to get a call. Do you listen to music call, on your phone? Right, do you so don't. No, str- okay. it doesn't. Jesus Christ. Side. So. Well, Not I don't doubt. go with music. Well, this point. has been a long story now. It though. is you okay. Gotta, let's get to it. All right. So I plug in the cable to the auxiliary port. It doesn't work. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh crap. Well, I can't do that. That's a shame. Right. Of course, because I've done that, the the screen itself pops over to media. Okay. And it says, and it says, you know, it's got like the in the media section, it's got the D V or the CD, which you know I've always got a CD in there, and then. um, no, I and mean then, you <laughs> always
0: had a CD in there in two thousand and one. But what when do you CDs but were now? Popular, yeah, no,
3: I've got a nice mixed CD. In there oh right my god,
0: oh god! And,
3: and and then of course it pops up Bluetooth connection, mm. and you know the Joe Rogan Experience starts playing over the speaker as it right. should.
0: How happy were you when that happened? Were you like was, this is amazing? I was
3: extremely happy, and then I thought, oh crap, I'm going to have to tell you guys that yes. this happened to me. Yeah. So yeah.
2: Well, the, so that story today.
0: justifies this entire right. experiment. Welcome to in. the 21st century. Uh, mm-hmm. yes. And
1: I, I also, I, I, when I transitioned, I had a 2002 Honda Accord, and I moved into a 2014 Toyota Camry. And the, the one of the main things was making sure that I had a Bluetooth connection to the stereo because I listen to podcasts so often, and it's a seamless transition. It's always really enjoyable. So I'm glad you finally. It was very seamless. I got a <laughs> Yeah, I bet. It's supposed to be. Yeah.
0: Now, Brandon, I have a question to you. If we had not started this process, uh, this weekly forcing Doug to listen to podcasts, do you think he would have ever discovered this about his phone in his car?
1: I, I am concerned mm. about all of the things that Doug doesn't realize. Right. Doug, do you, do you know think- what a seatbelt is? <laughs> Do you yes. think he's driving I'm his car
0: a... going, the windshield is so dirty right now if there was only some way to clean it?
1: If only there was, was some way to see through this. in front crime. of me does
0: not know that the light is turned. <laughs> if I had a sound that could get his Guys, attention.
1: I don't understand. I keep having to buy a new car as soon as the gas runs out. Mm-hmm. Is there some way to put fuel in this vehicle?
3: Yes, luckily it's not that bad. But I was wondering, like, on the technology side, because of you know my lack of use of technology sure right. or at least updated and You're luddites I, wonder, I truly wonder how many things could be improved in my life if i truly embrace like all the electronics and everything that you know is even my phone which is a new phone right i'm wondering how many features it has that i, I do not know how to use or do not know what they are
1: i mean i feel like you are the type of guy who just gets by on sticking to the routine and having you know you have your blinders on but it's not a bad thing necessarily you're not a person who's constantly seeking out new new ways to apply technology and gadgets and it's worked for you so i don't i don't right. think you have to worry too much about it. like you seem to be you know happy and successful and free in all the ways that maybe John and I are not because we are tethered to our devices sure yeah.
0: I mean, I feel a certain freedom that I can just jump into my car sure. and hear great music right. and listen whatever. Po- as Have you said, seamlessly, to- I was just listening to the podcast on literally on my laptop. My phone, which is of the same manufacture as my laptop, it's using the mobile operating system that the desktop right. or laptop version is being used on my other gadgets. And I hop out there, and it just picks up from where I left off. I feel like I have more free time because I'm not struggling with yeah. a single earpiece in well, my ear.
1: And then technology is so much of technology is about convenience and right. efe- efficiency. And mm. so it's possible that you'd have a lot more convenience in your life, not necessarily that your life would be better, but yeah. it'd be more convenient. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, kind of what I was thinking today. But the, also, right. the, there's mm. also the frustration when things don't work, like the auxiliary cord. You know, I know that I've been frustrated because some device that's supposed to work the way that it's supposed to doesn't. And that can be even more taxing than if it just worked. Absolutely.
0: Well, let's transition to a podcast that is hosted by a man who's embraced, in some ways, has some Luddite views. It's a man who bow hunts and churns his own butter. I'm just kidding. I don't think he churns his own butter. But he <laughs> so does I thought behind.
1: there was some sort of masturbation reference. <clears throat> no, hey, that Joe guy, Rogan really—that
0: guy's really churning his own butter. <clears throat> you want to talk
1: about experience? I'll tell you about experience. <clears throat> I experienced that guy.
0: I walked in on his private bathroom once. <laughs> um, Doug, we listened to Joe Rogan Experience this week, and we listened to two different episodes. Now we're we're at a stage where we're we're really hitting the behemoths of podcasting. We we've done some neat shows. And now we're into the biggies. We just did this American Life. And there's no way if there were was a single podcast that we could say is simply too big to ignore, it'd probably be the Joe Rogan experience. And we'll okay. we'll get into why that is and what this guy's numbers currently look like. In case there's anyone hearing my voice who is not familiar with the Joe Rogan experience, I'm sure that's not the case because we told everyone and you to listen to these two episodes. So they right. should at least be familiar with episodes. 993 with Ben Shapiro and episode 1021. That's 1021. This dude puts out a lot of content with Russell Brand.
1: Humorous, John. Pretend that they didn't actually spend five hours listening to the Joe Rogan experience and tell them about the show.
0: Absolutely. So, Joe Rogan is, you know, he's many different things. It's a guy that very possibly everyone that's familiar with him might be familiar with him for a different reason because he was a stand up comedian and he was an actor. And he was a game show host. And he is the color commentator for UFC. There's a lot of folks about which you can say the first three. That fourth one is a little unusual. I mean, it's probably been a decade since he hasn't been color commentator on a UFC I, MMA I match. I want to
1: say he was in, there within the first 50 matches.
0: He might have of been, UFC. yeah. yeah. I mean, he
1: was incredibly early on Absolutely. In. He's been doing Because he's it been forever. doing martial arts Him since his he was black 15 years, years old. Yeah, right. He's a lifelong martial arts practitioner, and so Absolutely. he sort of was a natural fit for... And he's
0: won like national titles right. and state titles in taekwondo and kickboxing. So he's this guy that's done all these different things. And he got into podcasting pretty early as well. December 3rd, 2009 was the first show. Um, and it's always been what it is now, which is a really long-form interview show. It's a little bit like WTF with Mark Marin, but it's even more long-form. Um, and he deep dives in with these people in a way that if, you know, you see them as a guest on a TV show or on a panel, you're just not going to have that kind of in-depth conversation. The two episodes that we had you listen to were actually both from 2017. We just thought they'd be two interesting characters who might also, um, each represent a very different worldview. And I don't know, maybe you'll tell us you thought they were a little bit similar. Um, before we dive in. I am going to ask you one tradition that remains because, Doug, without tradition, it, it would be chaos. Uh, which did you listen to first? One was from August 2nd of 2017. That was the Ben Shapiro. And then the Russell brand was October 5th. Here's the amazing thing. That is what? Eight weeks apart? Right. They're 28 episodes apart. Yeah. Eight weeks, 28 fucking episodes. He
1: sometimes will release two episodes in a day. Sure. So he also does, does a lot of content because he still does an MMA podcast as well as doing the Joe Rogan experience, and they he's, just
0: come out in the same stream exactly. So,
1: yeah, and so he's, he's yeah. just got a lot of content, he likes to talk.
0: He does indeed. Uh, Doug, yes. which one did you uh I listen to? I listened to first? Ben Shapiro first, okay. So. so you went in chronological order in this yes. case 993, um, which again, I mean, we know Joe Rogan, even if he's putting out a ton of content every week. You're in almost a 1,000 episodes by that point. This dude's been doing this for a long, long time. What did you think, before we even get to the huge amount of content that was provided by his guest, the the thoughts and worldview of a Ben Shapiro, what did you think of the format? How familiar were you with Joe Rogan from any of his other projects before this?
3: Uh, So very familiar with Joe Rogan, uh, not familiar with the podcast at all. Okay. So, you know, I've heard, you know, I, I, I don't think I've heard any of his stand-up recently, uh, but definitely have heard it in the past. Okay. You know, knew him as an actor, um, knew him as a, you know, an MMA commentator. Right. So just just wasn't familiar with the podcast, other than when he's done interviews okay. about it. Doug, we know you weren't
1: familiar with the podcast. Right. Yeah. This is... This, yeah, that's, that's true. You're not familiar with any podcast. Premise of the show.
0: Um, Doug, was he someone you liked? Where you're like, I know of Joe Rogan, and I like him. Like, oh, cool. I get to listen to a Joe Rogan podcast, or yeah, I someone think you're neutral on? You
3: know, I don't know that... I guess I like him. You know, I mean, I've enjoyed the interviews that I've heard with him. You know, I think he's uh, he's interesting. And so, you know, I was definitely expecting the podcast to be interesting. Right. Um, you know, I think that's kind of dictated by who your guests are and what, what they're talking about. Sure. So... Um, you know, there was, there was the things that I don't like, but it was funny. Cause in this case, like that, there was about a 10 minute intro that was basically just who all the sponsors. Were. Oh yeah. He does one and,
0: commercial after another, after another, right. he does not break for them. Yeah. He, he just and, front loads fucking like, all of them. And then at the end there's a ton of them. Yeah. yeah. So
1: but, actually I want to jump in here because one of the things I was looking up, which is pretty interesting is the mm-hmm. way that they sell ads is there's pre-roll, mid-roll and post-roll. Mm-hmm. And it's usually... You get most the most money for a pre-roll ad, and so I'm thinking that maybe he sure preloads all those because it's like
0: he's optimizing his income.
1: Yeah, because it's like a I think that with the structure is basically like per however many numbers of listens you get that much money. So if it's like a thousand listens, you get you know eighteen dollars yeah. per thousand listens, and so. I can imagine that he wants to just have it so that he can have, maximize sure. the amount of money. And, and gonna, he doesn't want to break in the middle, because I also require editing, sure. which he obviously doesn't do. No, in my opinion, there's no editing. editing. It's just pushing out, which yep. is the only way you can get to 1,400 ep- or 1,200 episodes in... Yeah.
0: Post-production is nearly zero. Almost none, as far as mm-hmm. I can tell. It's just there's pushing There's no out the sound episodes. design, and we've listened to some shows that have... Exceedingly rich sounds yeah. like there. You don't go two sentences without some kind of a sting or bumper or bed music. Yeah, right. There's none of that. Nothing. Here. It's
1: just them right. talking, and right? They, and they don't even pause. Like, like get not to get too far ahead. But the Russell Brand episode. Russell Brand gets up, goes to the bathroom, and then comes back.
0: Sure, it's it's at There's the very the, end because he finally yeah. has to after two right. and a half hours. But right. yeah,
1: but, but and that was truly the only break in that.
3: So in that six hour, you know experience. For me, there that was the only break. And then even at that time, he kept r- recording. He it. did, I right. yeah. was talking to his sound engineer about mm-hmm. some stuff or his producer, whoever it was, that was going to look up some info for him. Right. Um, but what I was going to say is, you know, it's a three-hour podcast. So the payoff of one, it being free, because I listened to it on his website. Um, and that was like the, I guess, the quickest and easiest way. It popped right up. And I thought, yeah, I can just listen to it here. And that's what I did. So it doesn't bother me that there were 10 minutes of advertising because somebody's got to pay the bills sure. and he's obviously you know trying to and also can, make money since so. it's
0: all the beginning you can just kind of fast forward past it and when you yeah, hear the get, guest's voice you go okay we're done
3: right so yeah it's you know it wasn't something to bother me whereas on other podcasts the preamble isn't so much about the the advertising and and making sure the lights are on it's sure. just it's just rambling nonsense, that, right? Like a Mark Maron style. This is what
0: happened right. in my week. This is who I'm dating. This is. The town that I was just in to do two nights right. of stand up. I
1: didn't realize that I could use the Bluetooth on my car stereo to listen to a podcast. Right.
0: I mean, quality, you know, yeah. personal stories like right. that, not just right.
1: rambling incoherence. No, you know. no, all really ties into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. all
0: good oh, Brandon, <laughs> if we could only get paid during those first few minutes of the show, we wouldn't have to listen to Doug talk. <laughs> oh, about that, that.
1: yeah, we could roll our ads while Doug was talking. Oh, that's Absolutely. what we should do Yeah, we, we do? could <laughs> tell Doug. Go, just, right? Yeah, yeah, just tell us. Oh no, that story's great. Keep, <laughs> keep going,
0: <laughs> and then just roll ads. And then over. we just come Andre, in are you on listening? the punchline mm-hmm. of Doug's story. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh someday guys. One day. Someday. Um, Brandon, what about you? I know you obviously know new Joe Rogan well. And I know or I suspect you were aware of the massive popular, like the chart topping popularity of this podcast but had you listened to a lot of it? So
1: no, this is actually the first time I've ever listened to the Joe Rogan experience. Okay, And of course, yeah, huge MMA fan, huge UFC fan, loved news radio, which Joe Rogan was on. I, watched, I didn't watch a lot of Fear Factor, but I also knew that Joe Rogan was the kind of guy who was very curious. He's a guy who likes to explore things I right. knew that he ton- takes a ton of drugs I watched a bunch of his stand-ups and he covers what he covers in his stand-up is very similar to what he talks about with his guests it seems. and so I kind of knew what I was in for to a degree and I was the one who picked Ben Shapiro because I know that Ben Shapiro is a political figure and but I also didn't know what joe rogan's uh political beliefs.
0: Well, her. he's a political commentary figure. He ben himself Shapiro. is not a political figure. Right, yes, exactly, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, mean, a, he's, he, like he's, he's like he's never a, held an office. So he's right. Like he's like a Rush
1: Limbaugh yes. or a... Sure, sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rachel Maddow is another person yep, who comes to mind. A person definitely. who just talks about political Right. He's ideology. an observer and commentator and, on yeah. politics. Um, and so I knew that Joe Rogan would... I assumed it was a deep dive in the same way that it's a Mark Marin WTF. I, mm-hmm. I thought they were similar formats. And they right. both kind of came up at the same time. They're both comedians. And they both decided to do these kind of long-form interview-style podcasts. And so I assumed that it was going to be basically the same thing. And I was pleasantly surprised to find that Joe Rogan really does do a different style of podcast than a Mark Maron does. Sure, agreed. In, in the way that he forms his arguments in the way that he explores the content. And obviously, he's picking guests because he wants them to talk about a very specific topic. Right. As opposed to Mark Maron, where I th- feel like it's more about a, like, where have you been? What are the experiences you've had in your lives? As opposed to Ben Shapiro. It's not like Ben Shapiro, tell me about your from birth to death. Right. Where'd you well, go to school? Right. When doesn't did you care get your star? When's stuff? the
0: first time you spoke? On, did you always know you wanted to talk about Right. Which is... Probably very close to the interview you'd get with a Mark Marin. That's right. what he does. And also Mark Marin tends to, other than the Obama interview, really focus on celebrities, people right. who are particularly comedians and you know, people who are are there to entertain. He's much less likely to have a neurophysicist or right. an astrophysicist right. or a physicist.
1: Unless it's Neil deGrasse Tyson and he's looking for somebody who's a celebrity.
0: Right also problematic celebrity now at this point but you know given enough celebrity time, n- nonetheless sure
1: uh, what did you think of Joe who did, did you have an experience with Joe Rogan John
0: Yeah I mean I every like I said every UFC I've seen since the first UFCs that right. I saw like in the mid 90s yes but
1: did you feel like that gave you some insight into who Joe Rogan was?
0: Um, you know, that's a good question. If it was just his color commentary in the UFC, other than his really excellent knowledge of at least the the core martial arts, the makeup MMA, um, I wouldn't have that great an idea. But over the last few years, particularly 2017, which like was such a tough year that I found myself really more than I ever have and certainly more than I have since looking up stuff that was about... Um, self betterment and okay. yeah, I was really focused even more journey. than I normally am, right, on self-improvement right. and seeing the world differently and thinking meditative techniques and things that did it work yes hugely i'm uh incredibly enlightened person right now that's excellent Mm -hmm. you guys can't tell but i'm floating an inch off my chair
1: yeah it is quite actually unnerving i really wish you'd oh
0: i'm doing it because it's freaking you guys i don't like it hell out i don't like it um and because of that you gotta
1: you know what it is it's it's because your balls dangle and i don't like seeing them just hang down so So low it's
0: not that i'm just an inch off my chair but that it's i'm pantsless yeah i mean
1: Because it's an audio medium, I thought maybe I'd save that for myself. Now that I'm getting that
0: feedback, it probably should be one or the other. And you're right, and I apologize. Um, Because YouTube will be like, you liked this? Check this out. And I think because, again, he is a guy that you will hear talking about Jungian psychology or Campbellian archetypes. Bits, little bits of his podcast, because they're now video recorded as well. He's just all over media kept coming up my feed like five minutes of joe rogan talking about this or yes. talking to you know uh this mma practitioner um about training or but whatever it happened to be and- just kind of personal betterment and so then i got a feel for oh he's really experimental with drugs that's a, a big thing for him right um i got a feel for that kind of libertarian side to the guy so i felt going into this because of all those little bits that i saw right and I was like you, I'd never actually listen to a full And that
1: was so. one of the things that they say that I did actually, I have every so often some YouTube clip will come where he's talking, he's talking about SoundCloud rappers or he's talking to right. somebody about Weirdly something. enough, I saw one where he was talking about Takeshi 16 There'll be like five or 10 minute long clips. And I don't know if right. you've seen these, Doug. I have not. Okay. But yeah, he, he, every once in a while he'll show up on YouTube because something something he talked about will be cut down into small pieces sure. and then disseminated to the internets. And it... Uh, i I was yeah I think i I was surprised listening to the Joe rogan experience at how seemingly curious and I don't know if wise is the right word, but definitely more cerebral than I expected him to be on these different topics i right. kind I didn't think of him as necessarily a lunkhead, although he does present sort of as a lunkhead kind of he does you know, our our
0: good friend Cyrus I have to attribute this to him because I think he's both right, and let me say in advance this is gonna sound more critical of Joe Rogan than it's meant to but okay. Cyrus said as we were talking about his huge popularity I mean it's worth mentioning that this is a guy who gets 30 million plus downloads a month wow
1: he is currently and if, he does put out maybe 30,000 shows sure, in a month sure it's a huge so it's a huge amount came. of
0: content but we currently we could also do that and we would not be getting <laughs> not 30, 30 million, million? yeah no. not, like maybe 15 million but okay. not 30 million that, John thank you Um, you're welcome And um, this is also a guy who right now, if you check the iTunes top list, which is basically their top 10 most download, has nothing to do with critical review. His last two episodes, his most recent, are currently number one and number four. He appears twice in all the universe of hundreds, thousands of podcasts. He's occupying two of the top 10 positions. So when I say it's a behemoth, this is a behemoth. And Cyrus and I, again, a friend of ours, someone known to everybody at this table, um, we were talking one day about why is he so popular, and he said, and again, it's going to sound more critical, and I I know what Cyrus meant, he's the smartest dumb guy you know, or he's like an incredibly inquisitive frat guy or bro right and in many ways that is really true not that he's not an unintelligent guy not that he is actually a dumb guy right but he kind of presents it as hey i'm an everyman i have a little bit of information this is where i'm coming from what do you think of this or tell me about that right i've noticed in the list other than you know some people in entertainment with him and some people of course in mma the two categories seem to be People he can ask questions of and be like, what do you think of this? What does this mean? What's this all about? I've heard something about it. Or other people who are also questioners and seekers. Sure. And I think that's true of both of these guests. We have two guys who are questioning the system in which they're in. Maybe to different extents or arriving at very different conclusions with different goals. But I guess that means we should start with like Ben Shapiro. Who who is this guy? And and Doug, what's your? T- oh, let me ask you this: Did you know who Ben Shapiro was?
3: No, no, I didn't. Um, I mean, the name sounds familiar, but okay. I you know I definitely wouldn't have been able to place him or to say that he was you know formerly you know working at Bart Bright, right. or any of that. So Yeah. Bright uh-huh. Bart. Bright Bart. Bright sorry, Bart. Bart, Bart. Yeah, it's or even thing. know what the name of the company was. Light Bright. Bright Light Bright. Bright, Bright. Turn sure. on the magic right. of Alt-Right. All that, right? <clears throat> Ooh,
2: that's did good. you like that? Yes, yeah. that's
0: a very good. Um, so you definitely, after three hours, know who Ben Shapiro is now, but you probably have a very good feel, at least for his politics.
3: Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. I mean, what did you think of their conversation? What did you think of Joe Rogan partic- with this specific individual, what do you think of him as an interviewer? You know, we've had a few now. We've had the yeah. Mark Marons.
3: So I thought, you know, and as you just said, you know, a little bit ago, that, you know, a very similar style of podcast, you know, a long long form interview. Mm-hmm. Um and as you guys know and as our listeners know, I had a lot of issues with Mark Maron as an as a host. Right. And his lack of direction and uh, the way you know with him i felt like he was really just kind of uh walked over by his guests they they talked about what they wanted to talk about right whereas with uh with joe rogan although i think the the same is true that they talked about what they wanted to talk about but there was a structure and there was a direction and i think uh joe also was voicing his own opinion not just you know mimicking their opinion, okay, and also you know one of those things like it happens on our show. It happens on all shows where you get off on a tangent. I didn't feel like they got off on tangents. Doug, I don't think that ever happens on the show. Not I'm, I'm show. not
0: sure what you're right. talking about.
3: But on so on, well then on Joe's show, yes, um, sure. What you know, I didn't feel like it was a tangent. Like, okay, you know, it wasn't just a oh that reminds me of this story. It was. This this fact, you know, whatever we're talking about initially, you know, you know, say we're talking about Trump. It brings up another story. It's a tangent story, but it's also a related story. And it's and it's discussed just as equally as opposed to here. Let me just tell you a quick story that, you know, kind of relates to it. And that's great. Because no, if, he
0: definitely stays on top. I mean, he l- goes for three hours, but he stays on topic, which is quite admirable because that's right. a hell of a lot of talking to not get off on substantial tangents.
1: Yeah, it, it did seem like... Uh, and it was surprising to me because he is very aggressive and combative when it comes to not letting his guests dictate where the episode is going. Right. It seems like he's very clearly that he's the one who's engaged. He's listening, he's engaged. Because I can't. I have to assume unless his whole life is just doing the podcast he's not prepping for these interviews or not spending like i think you're right 10 yeah. or 12 hours planning out questions oh, i don't definitely. ever see him referencing notes no when i ever if i ever watch a video feed it's usually him just talking but it, it seems like he's really good at listening right and i feel like he's the kind of guy who has a pretty decent depth of knowledge about most of the things that are happening with the guest that he's inviting on so that it's not like he Although I did listen to one where it was, he was talking to an astrophysicist, and he spoke almost none. He was really, he'd asked really small questions and then let the astrophysicist just tell him things, as opposed to the Ben Spear episode where he was talking with him. It was a real conversation the entire time. Right. And it seemed like they both had a similar levels of understanding of the things that they were discussing. Right.
0: I would also argue that if you were going to discuss the nature of string theory, it takes a... Really substantial application, education, right, and a huge amount of training to even have a meaningful conceptual idea of what string theory is, right. But if someone's going, I mean, it's so ridiculous that they want a you know separate bathroom for transgender people or that transgender people can use your bathroom. It doesn't take any training to have opinion no. on that.
1: That's a lot much more of a grounded subject. It was a. Uh
0: and it's just one of those things, everyone has an immediate opinion on it. Right. I mean, if I said, well, Doug, what's your opinion on string theory? Like, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't have an opinion on it, right? I mean, hold on, let's, Doug, what sorry. is your opinion <laughs> sorry. on string You're theory. right, that, that was the big assumption on my that part, vary. and that's wrong, Brandon. Do
1: right. you um, string like strings? String cheese? Things. Yes. I, silly
0: string?
3: Yes. It's yes, flammable, be careful,
1: very flammable.
0: Yes, It is, That hey, that's what's fun about it. You that know, is what's fun
3: about enough, it. Oddly enough, I equate string theory to silly string.
1: There you go. Boom. Okay. Problem solved. It was there we go. Sir Roger Penrose was the episode where it was the, and this is a guy who was like shoulders to shoulder with Hawking's. Yeah. And so this is a guy who was, you know, head and shoulders above any, like, sure. it was, it was an incredible episode. That was the episode that I, I kind of wish that we had listened to, although it would be, wouldn't be very representative of the Joe Rogan podcast in, right. as, in total. Okay. But, uh, cause I, th- I think that it does seem like Joe Rogan really just wants to talk to people. I think you're I think right, that's yeah. why he has these episodes, why he yeah. has so many, because he really likes just having people come over and talk to him for hours, which is kind of insane. How many people in our lives do we just go like, hey, let's unless you have a significant other and you're living in that place. But even then, sure. like I don't know if Maria and I sit. We have long talks, but I don't know if we have topic talks about one topic for three or four hours at a time. No, but then again, day.
0: you guys have known each other for years exactly. at this point. So this is like his window to go. All right. I got three hours with you. We're going to talk about all these things. Now, I have a question for both of you. Because so we're talking about different interview styles. We're talking about an interview taking the reins and directing it. Um, someone who's not on topic enough for Doug with Mark Maron, right? Someone who keeps it on topic. This is my question. During the interview with Russell Brand, do you feel at any point Joe Rogan challenged his guest? I don't mean to a fight, but I mean asked a <laughs> challenging question or challenged him on, them on a view.
1: So yes, there was, and actually, so I am a person who is in recovery from alcohol. I don't drink, right? And one of the things that was really got the hair on my back, the on the back of my neck. I, I thought it might. That's why I wanted to ask you about it. Was when he says to Russell Brand, "Oh, you couldn't be a junkie again. Oh, do, take DMT. Don't worry about drugs. You're not gonna, you're not gonna take drugs right. anymore." And I was like. Joe, you're talking out your fucking ass. You don't know what the fuck you're talking right. about. Right. And that made me a little, a little crazy. But I also think that Joe was, for the purposes, because they talk so much about DMT, and because Joe is such a proponent of uh, specifically hallucinogenic and and transitory experience mm-hmm. type drugs. Right. That he was trying to push. Drugs that Russell he Brand. sees
0: as pathways to personal growth and life. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Rather than just shooting up, Just partying. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or deadening yourself and, or getting hyper. And
1: it was funny as I went on the subreddit and I was looked up the Russell Brand episode and a lot of people also ha- shared the same kind of uh, sure. I'm assuming problems.
0: anyone who has a, a 12-step view is like, hey, dude, it's not okay to repeatedly, to <laughs> encourage Somewhere a recovering take, addict. again. Yeah. But sure. the other thing
1: that was really interesting is they talked about how Joe Rogan, um, and I'll kick it over to you, Doug. I'll find hmm. a question for you, is... Joe Rogan is a man who surrounds himself, not only himself, but surrounds himself with people who are extremely dedicated to doing something right and are very single-minded about training or martial arts or comedy or whatever. And so maybe he's the kind of person who doesn't feel like addiction is a real problem. Mm. And so I think that- Hard he, to
0: believe among a guy who's in his like early 50s that he that kind of hasn't absorbed, or maybe say it once, but don't really spend he several really minutes it. trying to convince somebody- And, you know, Joe Rogan is totally uh, free to have his own opinion about the nature of addiction. And it's his show. Right.
1: And he's allowed to say whatever he wants. And if Russell Brand wants to storm out, he can. But but... we
0: we all agree that he definitely challenged Russell Brand on that. And again, on a bit of a surprising thing to challenge someone. Do either of you feel, on any topic, he challenged Ben Shapiro?
1: I was going to ask Doug if you felt like... Because I don't know your politics, Doug. And I don't want to get too much into the politics of the episode. And, and uh, well, we about don't about even format,
0: have to but, know your politics, either of yours, to say was there a time or a topic or an idea on which he challenged Ben Shapiro and really I, pushed back against? Not really. Him. I, don't, well, I don't. I would no, agree with that. Yeah,
3: I don't think he necessarily pushed back on him. I think he had some differing, you know, opinions about transgender. But I also don't think it was necessarily that far off from, from Ben
1: Shapiro's. I thing, would so. agree
0: with that. I wouldn't say they were particularly far off. Maybe yeah. uh, some very, very mild semantic issues. but
1: Well, I mean, it seemed like mm. Ben was really hard on calling uh, men men and women women. Sure. And Joe was a lot more of a like... I agree with you, but I'm not going to go right. to the level of of that well, kind of behavior. I think, I think also he wants right.
0: to just avoid the the trolling that he would yeah. get. And sure. so, forth. you know, you're going to well, get a big cohort of people pushing back very hard if you said right.
3: that. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think you know, I think what Joe really wanted to get across, and I think he did get it across, on the the physical nature of a man and a woman, and the difference between that and the mental nature. So, sure. if you think you're you know a woman. It's great to think that, but physically, you know, he's talking about a man, you know, in his 30s transitioning to a woman and then becoming an MMA fighter. He's got an advantage that physically, you know.
0: I mean, part of that story, you know, is like, can you believe this guy transitioned, he's a woman, and now he's competing. Well, he was competing till they found out that he was a biological man, and then it ended, and this person had to stop doing that. Right. And um, it so was it's not one of those things where it's like, here we go. Now the UFC is okay with it. But the other thing I think that's interesting is that mm. this
1: is actually Russell Brand's second time on the Joe Rogan yes, experience. Correct. And so I think that maybe there's a level of familiarity that he has with sure, Russell Brand that he be. wouldn't have with Ben Shapiro. Maybe. Um, or, or that he feels more comfortable challenging Russell Brand's ideas As opposed to challenging Ben Shapiro's ideas, I
0: think so. I mean, it may be that he his ideas are more aligned with Ben Shapiro's.
1: I
2: mean, it may be a wish to
0: avoid, you know, pushback. It may be a belief that a very large chunk of his listeners are more right leaning, as opposed to left. All of these are possible. We'll never know, but it's about recognizing that. Going okay, what is the nature of at least from the episodes we listened to, we were exposed to, the nature of his approach as an interviewer right and I, th- I i thought that interview could have used a little bit of pushing back over three hours at least let me read yeah. you
1: this real quick thing is from sure i wish we could play a clip we can't because it was from a reddit ama with okay. joe rogan mm-hmm. and he wrote um oftentimes whether, whether i'm talking to someone who is skeptical like Kara, a lady that he had on the show, or someone who was almost certainly out to lunch like Melissa Etheridge, what I'm trying to do is get them to expand on their beliefs as far as they're willing to take it. This can often get people thinking that I believe what they believe or disbelieve what they're skeptical of. Most of the time, though, I'm just trying to get in their head. I try not to believe anything. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting take on Joe Rogan's perspective when he's doing these interviews. Right. Is that he's not... He's. I think with Russell Brand, he pushed back on some stuff, but on a lot of the stuff he agreed with Russell. Oh, with I, Russell, absolutely.
0: And, I mean, it's hard to disagree if Russell Brand's like, you know, I think we should really incentivize loving one another right. working together. It would be hard to push back too hard on that. Although, I mean, I guess someone could. the money stuff, that yes. was the
1: thing that was the most interesting to me is Russell Brand kind of came in and was like, fuck money, Fuck ownership. We should live in a society where love and freedom and, mm-hmm. and pushing everyone forward. I'm
0: not sure if he actually said that. Well, but
1: it, I wish we could play a clip. It's so long.
0: Sure, well, there's a lot. We will definitely play some clips, particularly when they were talking about um, like Conor McGregor. And right. And they were saying, what are you here? I also thought the part like endlessly about Conor McGregor being an absolute hero. And here I'm like, you know, I remember summer of 2017 and the kind of World promotional tour. They went on city yeah. after city to promote a fight that I, I also didn't think Conor McGregor's performance in that fight was as good as Joe Rogan did. And that the
1: Mayweather fight you're talking about, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah.
0: and I'm picturing a guy like we're like he is a hero here, and I think about all the um, figures in my lifetime and in maybe a generation or two before my life that I think of as heroes, and then I picture Conor McGregor standing in front of Floyd Mayweather going, "You're a fucking little bitch, you little bitch. You're not fucking it," and I think. Well, I don't know if hero is the word i <laughs> use, but bigger-than-life character, no doubt about it. A guy that's made a massive splash in MMA and, and had some amazing performances, absolutely. A guy who's commodified himself totally effectively, definitely hero, I would say. I thought question. they said
1: hero to the Irish, to the, the Irish fans. They
0: did, but they say again and again and again and again and again, hero, 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 right. hero. And I mean, sh- sh- certainly, I mean, is the guy who has really been iconic for Ireland, particularly a nation that loves pugilism as much as they do, and to have such a big character in MMA. Well,
1: they were talking about Manny Pacquiao to the Philippines. Absolutely. I don't know if you're a Manny Pacquiao fan. We know we've talked about your Philippine history.
3: Yeah, I'm, you know, a fan of his boxing, not necessarily a fan of him as a individual and his beliefs.
1: Right. But do you remember when they talked about it on the podcast? I mean, how how did you feel about them talking about all these? Like, do you like when they talk about cultural events that are happening in time? Do you feel like it dates the podcast?
3: Uh, No, I didn't feel like it dated it. I think it's interesting. I always think it's interesting to get people's perspective on you know big cultural events because we all are witness to them so it gives you a little insight into you know their their thinking oh sure um, kind of
1: a universal event that they can talk on yeah you know it kind of yeah
3: i think it gives you some sort of a placement as far as where you align to them and where you don't so sure in that regard it's always i think interesting to know who you're listening
1: to how do you feel like you align to the to joe rogan and the guests um you know, probably in this case, uh,
3: probably pretty well aligned. I mean, obviously not on all points
1: of view. I think one of. I the, mean, like, were they asking interesting yeah. questions, like things that you wanted to know about?
3: Yeah, I think so. As far as you know, I thought I actually thought the Ben Shapiro uh, episode was a little more interesting, which for me is a little unusual, just because I'm, you know, I'm not like we've discussed before, you know, kind of the political stuff, you know. Kind of, I don't tune it out per se because I I want to to be aware. But three hours of it would be a lot for me. And yet, you know, I found it engaging.
1: Well, Ben um, Shapiro is sort of a, I mean, he is an entertainer.
2: Oh, definitely. So
0: that's why I was saying, yeah, not a political figure, definitely an entertainer. He talks right. about the fact that um, he kind of loves, if not trolling, you know, really pissing people off right. and really aggravating. I'm sure he also thinks of that as. Um, destroying inaccurate views and challenging views that are kind of held by a a large cohort of people, even though he thinks they're wrong. So it's his job to go and challenge them. He's definitely someone I I assume who really believes his kind of right-leaning politics and and believes that's a, the better route for the country, so wants to see that enacted, and he's out there championing it all the time. He's also commodified himself. I mean, he's the Ben Shapiro show. Right, you know?
1: and he does three-hour-long episodes of his own show as right. well. I mean, right. he, does, he yeah. has a lot of content, and I think he puts it out daily. Yeah.
3: I thought just one of the things I, th- I found just a little humorous was that during the Russell Brand episode, he was there to promote a book, yeah. which it, I really got the sense that Joe Rogan did not want him to promote.
0: I mean, Joe Rogan was not helping him promote it. I'll give All you that. Question. Yeah, was- Russell Brand really had to keep saying, well, my book, you know, if you read my... And I think my book really allows people to free themselves of X, Y, and Z and help them live a more fulfilled life. And Joe Rogan finally kind of called him on it at the end. I was thinking, well you haven't helped him too much but i got to say in most interviews they don't. they'll kind of start with he's got a, a great new book out they'll sometimes throw it you know i read your book and i really liked the part about it, and that's about it you know yeah. and in 3 hours that's probably all joe rogan was going to do and i think he didn't even do that but goddamn russell brand was man he was hitting it about every 15 minutes But well, here's the yeah. thing though
1: is i th- what what it seemed like to me is that so russell brand goes fuck money, I don't like money, I don't want to make any money, and Joe Rogan goes, no, money's great, it helps to provide all kinds of different things and pushes things, and then when Russell Brand finally comes around and goes, oh yeah, maybe I should mention that I'm on a book tour and I'm trying to sell my book, and it seemed like Sort of chagrined about the whole experience. I think that's why Joe Rogan seemed to be pushing or reacting so hard. But I think you guys are right. I think Joe Rogan doesn't give a shit about promoting a product. No, I don't think he does. He just wants to talk. To and people.
0: yeah, no, that was that was a very funny turnaround in the last few minutes where he said, you know, yeah, yeah, you're so against commodifying everything and making money that you're pushing this book. What are you selling this book for? Yeah. And, you know, Russell Brand joked back with him like, all right, well, I didn't think you were going to bring that up. <laughs> and I mean, it was both funny, somewhat uncomfortable. I mean, it's a correct observation on. Joe Rogan's part, certainly. 100%. Yeah, you know, I mean, he could say, oh, I just thought it would be for the betterment of humanity, but in that case, he put it, put it for free online, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. would have made it available to the world. So yes, in the end, you know, I guess it's that distinction that our modern era has to wrestle with, which is, hey, heads of companies are taking far more risk than anyone else in the company. The company exists to employ people, to sell products, and get the economy moving because of that guy at the top, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, all of which is true. We can't really argue with that. Mm-hmm. Now, that person may be someone who is incredibly self-made and pulled themselves up from nowhere, right. or it could have been someone who had a you know $30 million loan from their parents. It's hard to know. But all those things are otherwise true of that CEO, right. the guy at the top. And so it ends up being, I think, for our society, a question of scale. If someone says, that guy's taking way more risk than anyone else, they've created all these jobs by creating this company, and as a result, they make 29 times more than the base employee salary, right. and you go, I'm comfortable with that. He should make it, and I'd go, yeah, I agree. Right. If they go, well, it's 2018, and the average CEO of a Fortune 500 company makes 328 times, you might go... Okay, I agreed with that original argument that right. they're, they're shouldering the risk, they're creating the company, they're creating the jobs. That seems like a little too much. Right. What do you do with all that wealth when you've reached such a high level and then it gets even higher and higher? And that's kind of, I think, what we have to struggle with. And it illustrates that the questions are rarely easy ones. Right? Yeah. The question of should that guy make more is an easy one. Almost everyone will go, yeah, that person should make more. That's that's totally fair. Then it ends up being if it's this much more, do you start to think maybe he could do a little better by some of his lower level employees, make their lives a little bit better, kick a little bit back or um, a higher quality product. Doughboy is a show we covered. They talked about that min max idea right but when ray crock took over it was get the quality of food lower and lower and lower to maximize profits and right. get employee payment low and that idea that Okay, again, we, we have this more difficult idea here. It's not should they make more, but that much more. I think right. that's what Russell Brown was talking about, that idea, because he does bring yes. it up at some point of when you've made so much money. If you've already got $30 million, if you've right. got $130 million, right. personally, how much more do yeah. you need? How much better does your life So get?
1: much money that you can, you've can you bought all the boats. Because <laughs> right. that's to me, that's the indicator. You can't have any more yet. If you've got all right. the boats, man, you you're good.
0: And I think Call it a day. Those are the tough questions. Definitely during the, uh, to be fair, I mean, both sides, Russell Brand episode and the Ben Shapiro, I heard a lot of those ideas where it was the very easy question with the very easy answer. And, right. se- and I kept, as a listener, going, well, that's, that's actually not where we sit as a society because if that was the question, the answer you're right is an easy
1: one. And that's the thing that I thought was that um, Joe Rogan because he wants to keep things moving, because he doesn't want to stop. Because that the truth of the matter is, if you get too deep into something, you get entrenched, and right. then you just talk the same points over and over and over again. And it seemed like he always wanted to. And I don't know if you felt this way, Doug, but like when I was listening, to, when we listened to the Jonathan Van Ness, like Jonathan Van Ness getting curious. Do you remember that? Yes, of course. It's like the shallowest version of the of this kind of interview podcast. Or like I want to find out information, and Joe Rogan goes a little bit deeper, but he still doesn't go like. He's not I don't know if he's going to bring on an, an economist and talk about the effects of supply side change you know and, and think about the equations that are involved because i also think is that russell brand talked about him being a libertarian right and i also think that joe rogan likes probably likes having a soapbox he's the kind of guy who likes telling his opinion to other people and having this big microphone to do it
0: i'd argue that the three of us do as well that's why we're here or we'd be having the same exact conversation off mic i'm doing this for the good of the people absolutely i want
1: people to know they can listen to a scant hour and a half to figure out how good a podcast is
0: sure i mean a super tight efficient hour and a half. incredibly I'm, tight. I'm doing this actually just to push my book
1: guys <laughs> yeah. oh what's the name of your book
0: um it's cooking for one <laughs> it's it's called uh it's a book on sad culinary technique microwave mm-hmm. cooking no it's just one on a friday night it's foods that you can eat off a napkin standing <laughs> in your kitchen over the sink in your underwear <laughs>
1: How is it selling?
0: Uh, but um
1: You know what? Don't push the book. Surprisingly like, you know poorly. <laughs> don't push um, the book. Um Brandon,
0: I'm not Oh, good Doug. Um Brandon, I'm not selling this book for money. I find that offensive. What are you selling it for? Love.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, you like So Oh Brand,
0: so I can make cooking for two. Oh,
1: that's so sweet.
0: Um, so I think in but bo- we talked about this that... Oddly, because they're exceedingly different people, we saw some real parallels between Jonathan Van Ness and Joe Rogan. That they're both like, tell me about this. I heard about that. There were moments where Joe Rogan somewhat was bewildering Ben Shapiro with his questions. like, Well, like this, where he was rattling off different people that he wanted to know if Ben Shapiro thought had had people killed. But do you so, think
4: it's ever happened in the United States or just in Russia? Like political assassinations? Yes. Uh, I can't name a specific example of where it has. I think that that's... Are you open
3: to the possibility?
4: I'm open to... The, I mean, if someone chose... Like Lyndon evidence, Johnson.
3: You think uh, Lyndon Johnson uh, whack think,
4: somebody? Uh, I don't think Lyndon Johnson whacked anybody. What about Kennedy? Uh, I don't think that Kennedy whacked anybody. What about Hillary? Uh, I don't think Hillary whacked anybody. If I had a, If I had my last thousand bucks, I'd be super tempted to bet on black. <laughs> I also noticed,
0: and this was true of a lot of things in that episode, all Democrats in that list.
4: Yes.
1: Uh, Mainly because Republicans never do anything evil. Absolutely. According to Ben Shapiro.
0: Yes. Now, I I found a few different kind of one-sided things like that. I didn't count, but I'm just going to put a rough number on this. As they talked about, justifiably so, the left-leaning media, right-leaning media that we know that you're going to get this kind of information right. from this news as opposed to just pure neutral journalistic. And they talked, you know, they it was a lot of what Ben Shapiro does, which is these ideas are so stupid and these people have stopped thinking and these people are kind of sheep. I'd say CNN was referenced, it couldn't have been fewer than 70 or 80 times. The so letter CNN times. And Fox News was referenced zero times. If you're going to talk oh, about utter nonsense and bullshit... You can absolutely throw stones at MSNBC and CNN. You have to save about half your stones for Fox. Right, I mean... You know, just to be fair. if And, and that is Ben Shapiro's thing. It's like, hey, man, I'll criticize both sides. I'll criticize the right, right. as well. I, I didn't feel that was lived as much during the three hours as, as he claims to live that.
1: I'm curious to know... What kind of ties he has to Fox? Right. The because I mean maybe it's one of those I'm not going to bite that hand that feeds. Maybe maybe. It's paid well uh, my to be gut a feeling was that it's just
0: that he. he he sees less fault there because he agrees Or he drank the, the bathwater so
1: strong, like Kool Aid, rather.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I, I do, you know, that's where, and that's totally fun. That's where his politics lay.
1: Right. As we said, he's an entertainer. He's not a political. He totally, figure. he's
0: an entertainer. But part of his shtick is the kind of I'm a fair and balanced dude. Right. I, I am. I call him like I see him. I call him like I see him. Right. And there are guys out there who say that and really do like guys. Who are far more um, Doug, liberal leaning? Doug calls it like he sees him. No doubt about it. We've always said that he's a man who one, shoots one both of our barrels nations. of truth. Absolutely, he'll shoot him right in your fucking face. <laughs> he'll shoot him into your face like Dick Cheney and make you apologize for it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I thought that was kind of some. That's one of the reasons I said, did you hear him challenge him once? Because there were lots of things where they could have just on purely factual basis been a little pushback. Right. And again, save a few of those. A few of your stones. For Fox News, we're going to talk about, I mean, really pandering, ridiculous, fear-mongering news. Um, What it reminded me most of was what I called the October 2016 effect, because it happened again and again in front of me. Someone walking up, literally at a party, whatever, particularly with that huge election coming up. Right. And it was so... um, Ridiculous in many ways. I mean, we were watching... It was a spectacle. This, it was a spectacle. We were watching the most ridiculous but entertaining debates we'd ever seen. Indeed. It was hard not to talk about that. And people would come up to me and it would play out the exact same way every time, which is, oh, uh, man, you know, there's just... We don't have any good candidates. Two people. I don't like either <laughs> of them. I don't like either of them. Right. And I go, yeah, I, I totally hear you on that. And then immediately I'd go, you know, what I don't like about Hillary Clinton is... And it's the same idea, like you gotta stay when the other human being standing there waiting for a possible criticism is Donald Trump, you got, if you're telling me you don't like either, you got to save a couple stones for that guy. And, because we all know those stones would be justified. He's a, you know, even someone, even Ben Shapiro's like, this is a wildly incompetent man who's either a criminal or stupid for, you know, many of these cases. Right. He said, you have two choices with these stories. You're either very stupid and you're, you're making terrible choices as to how you spin something or you are the criminal they're saying you are. But, Fox News and so forth. We're not getting those stones from this guy. I think, it's and because, again, I don't think Ben Shapiro is going to provide those. And
1: I think it's because, it, 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 specifically on that episode, Joe Rogan was a little bit outpaced in being able to control the the direction of the interview. Ben Shapiro was very good at holding court.
0: Right. Ben Shapiro was really good at starting. To, As like, is Russell Brand. There are few talkers on this earth like Russell Brand. Totally
1: true. But Russell Brand was a lot more. Willing to let Joe Rogan jump in 100%. Ben Shapiro was like I'm going to let this train out of the station And I'm not going to stop it unless I have to right. And I think that's maybe why Joe Rogan Kind of took a backseat to The dynamo that was Ben Shapiro Because Ben Shapiro can talk And I when I listen to other episodes Because I'm trying to review this podcast as best I can mm-hmm. There is n- very few times where Anything like Ben Shapiro occurred Where Joe Rogan was engaged And didn't seem to be outclassed Or outbrained but still couldn't stop his guests from talking over him. Right. And I think Ben Shapiro just was able to dance better than than Joe Rogan was. Maybe not Brazilian Jiu Jitsu better.
0: Maybe I'll be honest. I don't think Joe Rogan disagreed with most of his. Life. I think that's I, I also think a think part it of it. Probably aligns with you know if you come in there and go, man, if you got a Y chromosome in every cell of your body, you're a dude. You're a biological male. That's all there is to it. I don't think Joe Rogan's going to push back against. I think he's like, yeah, dude, I know it's crazy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's true. Is that Joe Rogan has a a certain air and machismo that he brings to. His podcast specifically and everything that he does, and I think that that was in full force on the Ben Shapiro episode. and
0: again, there's that broiness to it. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Did you it. feel
3: like he was a bro? Yeah, and I think I've always felt like he was that, you know, kind of a bro dude. Even the stuff, you know, the the bow hunting and the living off the grid for a while that he did, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Did he live off the
1: grid? I didn't Actually, know. Actually, I didn't
0: know that either. You you may very well be right. I just didn't know.
1: Or that. you maybe just lying about it, maybe you just made it up. Potentially, yep. you know either way is good. Well, with my oh. memory, who knows? But yes, I believe there was a point where he
3: was living off the grid with his wife, and I don't know if. It was oh, one you know what? You're absolutely, right. You're absolutely right. You're like absolutely right. That's right. Like a whole bear story or something. I don't know. Yeah, but, and uh, yeah, you know, and actually, for you guys, the one question I had because yeah. obviously I've only listened to these two episodes, I was kind of curious as I was listening to, especially the Ben Shapiro episode, was does he have guests on that do have? dramatically conflicting opinions about something where it's really a a debate about a topic as opposed to just a deep dive into a topic that we both are, you know, have very similar opinions on.
0: Brandon, I'm going to you on that. Do you know? Because I haven't listened to enough episodes to know if he really pushes back on guests. I mean, other than getting Russell Brand to try to break his sobriety. <laughs>
1: uh, and the answer is, I don't know either. Yeah. Sadly, I mean, from the things that I listened to, so I, I try to listen to... Uh, a few really old episodes, um, yeah. one with Alexis Ahanian, who is the co-founder of Reddit, one with a guy who is a studier of comedy, and and then a couple more, like a, a part of a Bill Burr episode, and, and none of them did I ever find yeah. that Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan rarely seems like he's outwitted or outmatched. When he's talking to his peers, yeah. it's only when and like recently it seems like he's been bringing on a lot of high-minded people. Like I was saying, that astrophysicist, right? And John was saying, mm-hmm. and with those people, he doesn't. It seems like he's respectful enough to know not to push back on the things that they're saying. But and anyone else, it doesn't seem like anybody's coming with a axe to grind. I feel like he's booking guests that at least have something interesting or, or some interest that he shares with them. And it seems like everybody's just enjoying having a conversation and nobody's coming in going, now I'm, I'm curious to listen to the, uh, it's Cara Santa Monica, I think is her name. And mm. she was on, she's a longtime part of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which is a atheist, non-secular right. science, mind, science focused mm. um, and pretty liberal leaning. And I think that one is one that I, when I was looking at all the subreddit topics about Joe Rogan, is one where it seems like they did fight a bit. And so I think if we were going to do a relisten, or if one of our listeners was interested, maybe they'd start there and see if they'd find him and her kind of combative, right. because right. it seems like she is pretty distally uh, different. Because even Russell Brand, who I thought, oh, he'll be pushing back a lot, he did push back. You know, like they kind of butted heads, but they met in the middle on a lot of things.
0: They met in the middle. I mean, I think one of the reasons is. And certainly no fewer than 15 times, maybe 20 times, Russell Brand said, I think you're right, right. But And they moved on. I think you're right. I just think that he was very, very willing to go, well, you know, in essence, okay, that's a good idea. It's a little different than what I just said, and we're disagreeing. He'll say things like, I think we're, we're maybe both coming at the same idea, or I think we're both saying the same thing. But the number of times he said, I think you're right, Right, Again and again. You know, that means that's someone that's being very respectful of the other person's ideas and doing their best to harmonize them with their idea. Right. So well, we, we've just said seemingly different things, but I think here's the core similarity to them. Right. And it it could have, I think, been a very, very different interview if Russell Brand hadn't been the one kind of capitulating to a certain degree so often.
1: Totally true. And it'd be interesting to know if Joe Rogan would be the guy to go, oh, okay, maybe. I mean, you have to to assume that over the course of this time, Joe Rogan's gotten hopefully very good at interviewing these people. Right. And one of the things that Joe Rogan talks about a lot is his own personal uh, attempts at growth and development of all of his skills and he's obviously right. a guy who has a lot of different skills and i would i i was the, the one thing i did notice is that i didn't feel like there were substantial changes between the 500 episode and the 1100 episode or whichever episodes right. it seems like it's basically the same thing He's kind of stuck in this cycle of I'm going to bring people in, we're going to have discussions of topics of conversation and we're just going to talk about stuff for a few hours and then they're going to leave and I'm going to move on to the next thing. It yeah. seems like he's not the kind of guy who's 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 interested in going all that deep and probably not bringing in people that he's looking to just fight with. It doesn't seem like it benefit him in any way. And I, it really is about Joe Rogan. Right. right. As opposed to, you know, Jonathan Van Ness or maybe even Mark Marin wherein it seems like they are trying to at least bring in people that don't necessarily have the same beliefs with them because they're not there to discuss beliefs. Joe Rogan is, is there to discuss his beliefs.
2: Okay. It's, it seems yeah, that's like an it's, interesting point.
1: It's about it's about Joe Rogan spreading the gospel of Joe Rogan. And I think that he's the kind of guy who wants people to agree with him right. in the world. I was like thinking about why would Joe Rogan want to continue making this podcast? And I think that, as we were saying before, is, is that Joe Rogan has this sort of... I think Joe Rogan thinks he's right about most everything that he thinks. I, mean, you're right. from I think what, most people...
0: Again, what what I we're, listen to. we're here providing our opinion every week. We're not sal- telling you we're going to give you an absolute truth about yeah, a it's podcast. Yeah, philosophy. Right, but we're going, this is wh- how I felt about it. This is what I thought of it. Okay, so with that in mind, I think this dovetails nicely into a question that one must ask when dealing with something of this gargantuan success. This right. is so big in its success. I mean, 30 million plus downloads a month. If there was a TV show getting 30 million viewings a month, you know what I mean? Right, it'd be a I gigantic mean, success. Right, this is absolutely huge. To occupy two of the 10 spaces week after week, this was not a fluke this right. week. It could have been any week in the last couple of years. years. So this is my question to each of you. Having experience, the Joe Rogan experience, in an admittedly limited sense. Why do you think, Doug, and why do you think, Brandon, he is this incredibly successful? There's obviously something working very, very well here. What do you think it is?
3: Um, You know, I don't know, because I, after listening to these, I can tell you, I probably won't listen to another one. Okay. Um, not because I thought... He was bad, the format was bad, any right. of that. I just it just to me, I think maybe part of it is what Brandon said where it's not a deep dive and it's three hours. And I and I do feel like if it's three hours, it should be really, you know, really getting in there and getting really fine details about something. So I don't know if it's his fan base because obviously a huge portion of his fan base is you know from the MMA world, from the comedy world. By the world. way, I,
0: I totally agree, and I think that's really really helped. This is a dude that millions of people, for a totally different reason, because they've come out for a completely different form of visual entertainment, now know this guy really well. It know of the podcast because that even if he doesn't talk about it on there, it doesn't matter. If you hear Joe Rogan's got a podcast, you're like, I love that dude from MMA and I love him from MMA video games that makes a huge difference i totally right. agree
3: yeah and i think it's like brandon said i mean he's he's spreading his own you know his own thoughts beliefs his gospel whatever you want to call it on society and so i think his fans it's i i feel like it's an easy transition for his fans of his other work to go oh yeah i you know i like what that dude has to say on this i'm going to check out what he has to say on that and then just become a follower you know, because right. he's not like you said, You he's not at least in the and I can only speak about two episodes. There were no hard questions that were left unanswered, which to me is is probably, you know, something that's more interesting to me that if you can really dive into a topic and not come to a conclusion. Right. Then to just agree and say, yeah, I guess we're meeting at the middle. Cool.
0: Yet, yet you don't plan on really listening to it again.
3: No, I don't. And I don't because. Well, you know, as I said earlier today, I replaced music with this podcast today. And I think there's one, the problem that I have with that is that with this type of podcast, um, I'm trying to tune in and really pay attention. So if I'm doing other things, I feel like I'm being distracted from the podcast and I want to know what they're saying. If it's, you know, in this case, like the political topic or Russell Brand and the spiritual and the, you know, the, the emotional stuff, right? It's interesting, and it's interesting enough that I actually want to hear what they're saying. So it's hard to have it be in the background, but I also don't have three hours of, of on a normal day. No, I, I don't agree.
0: have three it's hours. A big to commitment. To this I mean, podcast. if those downloaders—that's another question. Do you guys think the average downloader is listening all three hours, so or uh, even close?
1: So, how, to answer that question, I was mm. thinking: for me, Joe Rogan is a uh, akin to or analogous to like a Howard Stern. Right. where he's cre- he's he's providing an interesting conversation where somebody on their morning commute or maybe at work or something like that where they can put it on and just have somebody that they like talk to them and it provides something giant bombcast said the same thing where it was a topic of conversation both of you. <laughs> It didn't matter whether you liked it or not because you didn't understand it. Right. And I feel like if you understand what Joe Rogan's talking about or if you have political leanings or a mindset that's that's close to his, you probably really feel good about having this really successful, impressive guy talking about the things and, and voicing an opinion that you probably share. And I think that there is a big subsect of people that, you know, like UFC and are kind of libertarian in their leanings, or at least mm-hmm. conservative political, and are also curious about things and are kind of searching. Like as I said, the Sir Roger Penrose episode was great. It was really great to have that information, and there aren't a lot of places where you can go and listen to experts in their field talk about stuff that's really interesting for a Not long for time. Not for three hours. Not yeah. for three hours. Even as as shallow or as deep as it is, it just doesn't happen. And so right. I think that for me. I definitely could see myself listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, even though I don't particularly like Joe Rogan. I think it is really interesting. If I can find a guest that I really like, I'd probably want to listen to that experience. And it's, and Joe Rogan is an interesting guy and he doesn't really go for comedy, but he is funny. Like it's, I wouldn't say it's a comedy podcast. It's not even particularly. No, not at all. No,
0: I didn't think it was funny. It's just a guy
1: who really wants to talk about something at, at length. And if it's, if it's an interesting topic, I think it could be a really worthwhile thing to investigate. And and the other thing is that if it's... He's fairly positive in in his discussions. Joe Rogan never makes it so where, where you don't feel bad about the things that they're talking about. It's not like... I know sometimes you listen to This American Life or some right. of those other things and you just get kind of bummed out because of whatever, you know, they're discussing Syria war crimes or whatever. And you're like, I don't want to listen to this shit. And you can listen to Joe Rogan. He has a fairly nice discussion of topics sure. that are kind of heady. Yeah, you feel like you maybe
0: friendly. No one's yelling at anybody. You
1: feel like you, you're, you're investigating topics right. that you wouldn't have. Maybe it feels like it's sort of a, a, a quasi personal growth that you're going through. And in the end, you can get a good experience out of it. And I don't really listen to any drive time morning talk shows anymore. But I imagine that Joe Rogan could fill that need of a Howard Stern or a Kevin right. and Bean or whatever you know your big morning right. drive time talk shows would be. A, what about while working out? Uh, I've tried working out to shows that are long term discuss or a deep dive discussions and it never works because you do get distracted in the same way that you're saying like i was trying to play red dead redemption while also listening to this podcast and i found that i'd have to either turn off one or turn off the other i couldn't have both of them going at the same time anytime that we were trying to go through storyline points right joe rogan does require some minimum level of, of of involvement from your brain to have a really good understanding sure. of what's happening. John, what did you think? We why assume think people- any kind of
0: heady, cerebral topic is right. going to require that of you. Um, why
1: do you think people like this podcast? Uh,
0: why do I think? I don't... Well, I assume that they they like it a great deal. But having said that, I do want to come and say I think it's incredibly helpful for him, obviously. That's something that is hugely popular and has been for a very long time now. And that he is so... Um, deeply associated with, that which is MMA and the UFC specifically, that he brings that audience with him. And again, he, he the guy's done a lot of stuff. He's been a hard worker in his entertainment career. So he's got this huge amount of popularity he's bringing in. But I think beyond that, because these numbers don't... You know, Alec Baldwin's done a million things and his podcast is very successful, but it ain't this successful. It's not two of the top 10 slots, you know what I mean?
1: And I think that... It's because I don't know of anybody else who's putting out the, the as much content as he is. Sure.
0: But the, the content he's putting out wouldn't get him in th- those downloads. I mean, it helps because there's a lot of stuff. And if, I think it if, helps. If someone has, you know, we understand how it works if somebody has subscribed to your podcast and it's just kind of auto downloading. So definitely helps. There's no doubt about it. But the numbers are fucking huge, they're right? They're staggering. Yeah, they're staggeringly huge. And I think that's because. He is an inquisitive everyman. He presents that way. He, by the way, as an individual, may be much more than that. He much, may be far more educated, uh, self-directed education yes. than than the average Joe, uh, no pun intended. Um, he may be far more well-read. He may be far more intellectually curious than than your average man on the street. But I think he presents, in a, I mean, honestly, for lack of a more eloquent term, he presents in a very bro way. Right. Um, but but he's asking these questions. Again, he's, the, he's getting to go to the top of the mountain and stand there in front of the guru and go, why is this? What do you think about this? I heard this is happening. Is this true? What do you think about this idea? I saw a video clip of this. That seemed crazy to me. What is that? And that's, I think, how a lot of people think and talk. That resonates with a huge number of people. And if he can also be the smartest one and the most inquisitive among that crew but have a huge number of people across the country going, "Well, he doesn't seem that different than me. Right. He seems like a friend I might have. He seems like someone I might grab a beer with, but he is asking a phys- uh, astrophysicist what's dark matter."
1: Right. And I think that is that leads back to like the the fact that he's a drive time host. That he's he is he does reference topical things that are happening that day and he gives his voice to whatever and his legion of fans because i also think there's some element of it where people are like i'm a part of the joe rogan crew i'm a part of the joe rogan family
0: another one of his buddies in the room right right
1: exactly and that people want to and people want to identify themselves as joe rogan fans i
0: think he's hit a sweet spot of familiarity uh, an inquisitiveness that these other folks, questions they might never ask on their own. Right, But when they do, it's asked by someone who, it's like your buddy standing next to you asking the question where you go, oh, you know what, Mike, that was a good question. I actually want to hear the answer. Oh, Mike, that's another good question. That's Joe Rogan. He's their buddy going, well, I'm going to ask all these questions. And he's also, um, again, just right-leaning enough that it probably appeals to a hell of a lot of people throughout the country, but not... So, uh, for instance, when he was described, I think, as either a conservative or a new right-wing or something along those lines by Russell Brand, the one thing in the description from Russell Brand's book that he pushed back against was he goes, oh, I don't know if I'd say I'm, I'm right-leaning or whatever. Right, conservative. It was, yeah, conser- it was like libertarian, like yes. That, yeah. The libertarian he was okay with yeah, it was right. the right-leaning. And I think that's probably true of Joe Rogan. That's another thing. He's kind of hard to pin down. Right. I think he's truly liberal enough and concerned enough about liberal issues that liberals can go, I think he's on my team and libertarian enough that libertarians can go, I think he's on my team. It's the Cobert effect. And conservative enough that conservatives go, I think he's on my team. Right. That helps, man. I mean, yeah, when, you know, when you're know, when you bisexual, you're fucking everybody. Everybody's possibly Every's, on your list. Yeah. He's kind of philosophically and politically trisexual
1: i like to think the the world is his sexual oyster you know absolutely he's like Uh,
0: the dan savage of politics and philosophy and science
1: the last thing i want to say about the joe rogan experience is that it has the worst art in the history (laughs) i haven't i'm not familiar i'm gonna pass my phone around let me see if i can pull this up full screen Uh, i guess i can't you have to look at the little thumbnail and it, what it is is that I don't know if I'll be able to put this up. It's a it's his face yes. in like a sepia tone. Yes, and it it's is. so and he's close. He's doing a maniacal grin. It looks right? like he is his is like like the Jack Nicholson has pushed his face through. Joe Rogan has pushed his face through the door and yeah, he's like so close. Johnny and up in your face yeah. and it's just distorted and disgusting. I don't know if you saw the. Yeah, I saw it on the website. And you know.
0: what did you think? And is it like a tribal (laughs) tattoo on his forehead? I don't know. I I think it's supposed to, I mean, honestly, I think that also plays into the like, I'm crazy, bro. Like, I'm going for it 100%. It's the visual facial equivalent of, um, like, I'm super pumped, bro. That's what you're getting from that. I'm going
1: to ride motocross. I'm going to drink Monsters. We're going to open up a 30-pack of Natty Ice after we're done and fucking kill it, bro.
0: Yeah, that that is what that is, and again, I think you that's who said a lot that to of people. Me yesterday, Doug, uh, the Dalai Lama. Oh, Doug, yeah, yeah, that's what Doug I meant. Did. Um, it it is the visual representation of beast mode.
1: <laughs> oh fuck, I hate beast mode. I know, but it, that's exactly it's so my stupid. point. It's exactly right. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah.
0: So, guys, that's Joe Rogan. I mean, there, there's a lot to like. There's a few things that might rub you the wrong way, and it is interesting that even though. Like, Doug, you had pretty much nothing but positive things to say. It it wasn't a hook for you either. And maybe because yeah. it's, hey, it requires that type of very conscious commitment to listening to it. And
1: you're like, hey, that's not what
0: podcasts are for for me.
1: I want to introduce. That. Yes. Yeah. If you were going to rate this on iTunes from one to five stars, and would you give a little uh, comment in the section? Let's hear it. What would I give it? Um, <clears throat> I guess I would give it a three. Three stars. A three stars. And then what Although, would you be your one-sentence comment? As you all
3: know, the, the golden rule is if you're going to take the time to give any stars, just give five because... That's the way it goes, right? Only I mean, for our, oh, our podcast. Oh, that's our podcast. Just our podcast.
0: Folks, rate and review if you're enjoying the show. Please rate. and Yeah, review I don't on know. ITunes. It's tough
3: because it's it wasn't.
0: Doug, don't when I'm asking people to rate and review. Don't please don't
1: jump I, on him when he's asking Jesus, to rate and review. Doug. Sorry, go ahead, ask. I'm
0: him. trying to I'm trying to finally get us a sponsor. Are you John? What asking? would you? Yeah, no, I'm done asking. John, what would you rate? and I mean, review? I don't want to be pandering, Doug. You I know, mean, one gentle ask. Um, that's a good question. I, I'm so not a. After just how fucking dare you? I'm not right. You. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna take that back. I, I have a. It's not really a niche show, but it's a show with very few. Li- it's niche in its tiny, tiny listenership, right. and I really do enjoy it. I absolutely look forward to it every week. I appreciate the hell out of the guys who make it because it's. There are my two buddies that you know. Every Wednesday, I'm appreciative of that new episode coming mm-hmm. up, and maybe among the first, literally. 10 or 15 people to rate and review it i, I heard their call on the first or second show sure. to, hey please rate and review it really helps other people discover us and i absolutely did that's great so i take that but i think for joe rogan i'm like oh dude i'm not helping a guy who's getting 30 or 40 down you like don't actually
1: weight. have to rate and review it i just imagine no, no, no. for the purposes I, of the podcast
0: to be illustrative of where i stand on that right. i'm saying i normally don't but to uh engage in the hypothetical i think i'd give it a, a three or a three and a half okay I mean, I think he's doing a much better than average job. I totally recognize how much people like him, but I have to be true to me. Like, there's a, you know, I am aware that Joe Rogan is not a journalist. It's not like he, you know, is right. a he's journalist. Right. He's an entertainer major, just the same as Ben Shapiro. 100%. He's therefore not going to challenge. He's not going to push back. It makes for a more enjoyable show. Like you said, it doesn't interrupt the flow. It makes for a more upbeat show. It's not someone getting angry or being um, you know, very adversarial with their guest. At the same time, I think they're a right time. To- he's certainly willing to push back on someone's sobriety. If you're going to do that, I think he could have pushed back. That, for my enjoyment, we're just talking about me and my rating. Yeah, yeah, After my three-hour experience with the Ben Shapiro, and Ben Shapiro was a guy that, for the most part, a lot of things I don't agree with him on absolutely 10 to 20 percent i'm like yep we totally agree he on made that. fine points he like made, he made some, he wasn't just some pulling fine shit out of the air which absolutely is absolutely not i think he he's too bright a guy to do that yeah um i agree with a lot of the things he said although i would not call myself someone whose uh, political views are aligned with ben Shapiro's. no and there's no. a lot of things that had i been in the room and to be fair i'm a trained arguer it's what you're one of the things i'm trained sure. to do. also at one point he said about like dr bill nye the guy's got a degree in mechanical engineering. I'm as qualified to talk about the science of climate change than he is. I'd say that's wildly untrue. So un- that someone who yeah. has a bachelor's degree in social sciences or polyscience is absolutely not in the same position to have a highly scientific discussion as someone who's actually gotten a degree in mechanical engineering, which is not an easy thing to do. Well,
1: it, 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 and it ignores the fact that Bill Nye has spent nearly all of his time since leaving— that school looking into climate change. Right. You know, it, 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 he didn't take into account. And that was sort of the thing that was annoyed me about Ben Shapiro is that he would make these kind of, uh, enormous claims right. of, but again, entertainer. I actually, I sure, think, but it,
0: this was that idea we talked about earlier that very easy questions when, when posed or intentionally framed easily, have right. very easy answers. Like the, shouldn't the CEO make more money? And you go, yeah, absolutely. Then it's like, well, how much more are you comfortable right. with this multiple? Are you comfortable with this multiple? Maybe by the time you get 300, five, 700 times as much, you might go, okay, I'm now highly uncomfortable with that number. Right. Even if you started comfortable, and that's that idea of, oh, this might be then a more complicated idea than, than would be presented by somebody like a Ben right. Shapiro in that
1: regard. And I think that Ben Shapiro is, a, is a, an outlier in the type of guests that he has. It, he doesn't have a lot of really political guests, although he does have... Uh, I mean, he has, he has a look, few. She, uh,
0: you know, recently he had one of the Diaz brothers and Bill Burr. These, it's not like people right, who exactly. have these really hot, divisive political <laughs> right. you know, positions. Uh, but that's what Although by Jordan the way,
1: Peterson the, is one that he has had on a few times now. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Who's the Canadian professor like, who's pushing these kind of male centric ideas. Right, right. Although I didn't listen to those episodes, but maybe I will one day. I would give uh, the Joe Rogan experience four stars. I actually thought it was it's quite good, and I do think that it. Are you going to
0: listen to more? I know you listened to more than you had to for... The benefit of the podcast, which I appreciate. I
1: I will actually try to listen to one of the Jordan Petersons. Because the other thing that I like is that...
0: I want to hear the Melissa Etheridge now because he said someone who's just totally out Out there. I would normally never have any... I'm just not interested in Melissa Etheridge. But now I'm like, oh, I wonder what she said to lead him to say she's just completely fucking out
1: there. Very curious as well. And that's one of the things that I do do like about the, the show is that Joe Rogan seems to pull on interesting guests and he pulls on guests that are specifically of the time and like what i like is that if you listen to a kevin and bean or if you listen to a howard stern if you listen to any of those drive time radios hosts they're bringing on guests who have something to promote and the fact that he actively tried to shut down russell brand it made it seem like he didn't have on russell brand to promote his book he had on russell brand because he wanted to talk to russell brand and russell brand also happened to be wanting to promote a book absolutely and that's what i liked is that this seems like the conversation is purely for the conversation and not like a Howard Stern or Kevin and Bean who are bringing on somebody because they have something to promote. And so they're going to ask them some questions, but eventually they're going to bring it around to sell a product. And right. even like a Terry Gross for NPR, usually the guest they have is somebody who's doing some sort of promotional tour. And Joe Rogan didn't jump into that like, let's talk about the thing you're promoting. He didn't give a shit about any of that stuff. And I really like that. That's my take on the Joe Rogan Experience.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, there you go. We get three people, three different opinions on it. Although they're, they're not vastly different. I mean, I think we all agree that, yeah, it was a good show. We see, oh, I've got a much better image, by the way.
1: Oh, the Joe Rogan Experience of logo? The Joe Rogan
0: Experience logo. There appears to be... And you know what? I still can't tell. What is this thing to
1: the it's left a of his third, face? There's a third eye that he has in his forehead. No, that's the third eye.
0: Now, that makes sense because he is right. so much about enlightenment. So that makes sense. What is... Is it just a microphone a on microphone. the boom? Well, you know, there you go. It's a sepia-toned Joe Rogan, maniacally smiling, with a... Um, somewhat stylized third eye and a microphone. I mean, it's kind of truth in advertising. You do, what's in the can is what's on the label, you know?
1: What he looks like is the, uh, logo art that you'd buy for any Sega Genesis game. Because, you know, I don't know if you guys remember buying Sega Genesis games, but they really pushed how like crazy all the games were on the Sega platforms okay and so and you know when you're a kid you're 12 years old or 10 years right. old you mean me was this
0: like an an extreme thing exactly. everything's extreme okay
1: and it's like oh look how fucking extreme this game is it's got crazy box art or some maniacal guy staring at you twisted metal or something like that yeah right. those, those games are so fun anyway Respect the wrap-up. Let's move on from Joe Rogan Experience.
0: Absolutely. Well, guys, this week, because the Joe Rogan Experience is so goddamn long, <laughs> our show was also very, very long. And just a couple weeks ago, as we said goodbye to 2018 and hello to 2019, we did a show that was nothing but playing games. So we're going to let you all off the hook this week. And I know I'm where there's a lot of tears out there. There's a lot of moaning. There's probably a lot of gnashing of teeth and pulling of hair. But we actually don't have a game this week so we've already taken an hour and 25 minutes of your time. Do I have an amazing game? Oh, oh you bet your ass I do. I'm always No, I'm just kidding. I don't actually have a game this week. <laughs> Brandon, just any weird questions you'd like to throw at Doug?
1: Well, actually, wow. I don't have any weird questions to throw at Doug. Yeah. But I do like the idea that John mm. has spent Literally five minutes talking about how long this episode went and how bad he feels mm-hmm. about how long it goes. I mean, no, you would no you say lit? Do you think literally five minutes no is correct? That like John, and sure. I'm impressed. Okay. You know what you should do? You should go on the Joe Rogan show. It would be a 10 hour Oh my episode. god, I would love to. It'd be I would love to. Incredible. I wonder what. You know, here's my question. To you. Okay. What would you cover?
0: Here. That was my question. If I was on the Joe Rogan show, obviously, since no one knows who the fuck I am, it wouldn't just be my celebrity power. I think. What would be the topic? Well,
1: I think it's probably have to be something due to the law since the wouldn't have expertise. To be. What I'm saying is yeah. that the expertise that you have that Joe Rogan might want to tap okay. into. I mean, you were one of the only people who wrote a law uh, wrote a, a legal review about climate change bill, whatever, which SB3 one it was it? SB 375, that, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And, or, you know, the fact that you have a a patent attorney's license which is uh, you know a pretty rare a member of the patent bar yeah whatever yeah. whatever you don't is. have
0: to get the terms right it doesn't I d- matter d- i mean you're right we could i was thinking about maybe celebrity lawsuits like this week to oh, anchor sure. us in time we have the whole fortnight lawsuit right. that our listeners may or may yes. not know about um, Carlton's
1: dance from the Fresh Prince from the Fresh Prince in the game
0: right Right. a depiction of it is in the game and it's got these really thorny issues of uh, is it protected if so what's it protected under is it really so closely associated with him is it something that's protectable at all is it being used in a way that isn't satire or parody is it just like pure trademark so that could be something interesting I think So, what would Doug, Doug if you were on the show what do you think Joe Rogan would talk to you what would you like Joe Rogan to talk to you about? Realistically, what might you cover? Um, Are you a man who believes you have expertise in something?
3: No, not really. Okay. I mean, you know, I think uh, he and I could probably discuss uh, family and, you know, marriage and that type of stuff. I think it would be interesting to talk to him about uh, the whole Fear Factor experience. Okay. Okay. Because I was a big fan of that show and I loved it, and I thought, uh, you know, just what people were willing to do for that, you know, that small bit of uh, fame—a very sure. small, bit a little of money. bite at that fame yeah. apple. I think that's a very interesting topic. Can I direct
0: you somewhere then? I think you're really going to enjoy the stories he tells. The WTF with Mark Marin, where he talks to Joe Rogan, and they talk in detail about it, and really about what was going on in Joe Rogan's life at the time, how out of his mind high he would go to into every episode. I gotta tell
3: you, I'm not at all surprised to hear that just because every episode I would think he is the most unengaged <laughs> yeah. host ever or he would just like kind of laugh maniacally right. and by when way, somebody's the way, he said something it's because
0: disgusting. he didn't care anymore. He went, if I have to still do what I now deem to be nonsense, a waste of my time, I'm going to be high as fuck every time I go. on. I don't believe I'm particularly misquoting him here, even though it's been like four years, five years since I've listened to that episode. So, anyone who wants more insight into Joe Rogan, he did do a long form with Mark Maron, So, there you go. I probably Brandon, do mine video on video games.
1: Tiny Peckers. Could <laughs>
0: really. Just... You feel it's where you have the most expertise. Now, do you have expertise with other people's tiny peckers or with your own, you're saying?
1: No, with birds.
0: Oh, yes, yeah, so like, little little like bush tits and house sparrows yeah. and things like that. Oh, That'd be fun. You are someone who I think of as having a lot of expertise there as well. Thank you. By the way, I am very sorry about the other suggestion that was made there. I think it's unfair. And I'll be honest, I don't know the size, nor do I want to. But I would love for you guys to have think a free-willing conversation about small, domestic North American Just think birds. about
1: Woody, you know?
0: Brandon, I always am. <laughs> Guys, again, we've, I think, dealt handily with this week with Joe Rogan experience, but that's now in our rearview mirror. Doug, it's time we look through the pristine and crystal clear windshield of the car that is, make Doug stop. Playing with your boom, it's gonna, I'm gonna have to edit that out. We're gonna look through the windshield, and you have stepped on what was really shaping up to be a lovely, it lovely no metaphor. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh, I'll be the judge of that. You think it makes no noise? Big old jump in your sound wave, Doug. Next week, and uh, Brandon, I don't think we're showing our hands at all, but actually happened to make a reference to Alexis Ohanian, who is the host of Business Schooled. This is a relatively new podcast, but I thought, Doug, if we're there to tell people, hey, you should listen to this, and this is why, or maybe you shouldn't listen to this podcast, this is why, we we ought to touch on a new and noteworthy. So now that we've just dealt with two absolute giants in the podcasting world, let's get to what what might be tomorrow's next giant. We're going to listen to two episodes, as always. Lesson three Scaling in Perfect Harmony, and that is what they're called. They're called lessons, and perhaps you'll discover why. I suspect you will when you listen.
1: And if he doesn't, yes, I'll feel very bad for Doug. If, well, or, or maybe for Alexis, that his uh, inability to... To teach Doug? Yes, it's Doug specifically. Mm. Uh, and then the, your second episode is called Lesson 8, Minding Your Dad's Business.
0: Doug, did you notice how we kind of handed off that like the Beastie Boys? Doug, did you really enjoy the way we did that? yes (laughs) doug and for those of you at home i mean those who are regular listeners of the show you can probably guess what doug's and brandon what's he doing
1: he's writing it down
0: he is he's gone and
1: written it down
0: he's gone and he's gone and written taking notes like a good little boy he is i mean doug is the best boy. that's why we have had this fundamental change the show we're no longer asking those two questions which used to be so cool
3: word lesson and underline. i mean i I think
0: think you you should doug there's been confusion in the past the more data the better
1: uh Were you a good student in school, in elementary school? Elementary school? Yeah, elementary school. Were you a good student? Yes or no answer? Yes. Okay, good. High school, no. No, I didn't ask for that, Doug. No. Doug, I Doug, don't want that. But you
3: know what? I like to I like our listeners just to
1: know a little more about me. I don't they don't want to know any more about <laughs> you. you <they> don't. Doug, <laughs> what what
0: was your favorite book that you read in high school for school? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're I, having a little fun. The hungry, fun hungry with caterpillar.
1: Doug. Same one all every grade.
0: <clears throat> yeah, he re He's he rereads so it every well, year you know, in spring. I read
3: so many books in high school that it's it's hard to really just focus in on one.
0: Now, Doug, our listeners already know that you yes. only had to read one book. In school, I and that you so. don't remember. We tried what to figure means, out what the book was. It could just was. be my
3: memory. Like, what if I had to read all these great books and just don't remember? By the any way, honestly,
0: things. Doug, having known you now for nearly thirty years, it'll be thirty years in just a couple months. I honestly think that's a very real possibility. <laughs> that, too. like, if you had like sad. a good friend from high too. school, be like, "Dude, what are you talking about? Remember when we read this?" You just start laughing and go, oh, okay." I think that's very possible. I'm excited for I the day. Fast,
1: mm-hmm. I'm excited for the day that we make a reference to a podcast that we know Doug listened to, and he's like, "I don't think I listened to that one. I don't think I listened to oh, that, that podcast." That's definitely going to happen. It's going to happen. And I he's think he's going to kind of push
0: back on us it. Like, no, yeah, I definitely f- different. I've got an idea though. Book club episode where oh. we ask our listeners to read a book. We all read the book. And then we we give it a critical review. Itself. That might
1: be asking a lot. Let's let's plan that for the end of that's 2019. That's a long. That's
0: maybe episode 100. Yeah, I like
1: that. You, I like that you're thinking ahead, though.
0: Absolutely. Plan for oh, the long term. I'm always thinking ahead, but right now, it's time to stop thinking at all. We invite. By, by the way, we uh, <laughs> we've ne- off your we've brains. never explicitly said this, but it's our hope that you just stop thinking for yourself when the <laughs> episode ends. But not so long that you don't rate and review us on iTunes. <laughs> And please write a real review. You know, we joke about that, but it actually really does help the show. And if you are enjoying the show, it would mean a great deal to us. And, of course, you can always visit us at mdltpodcast.com. You can write to us at mdltpodcast at gmail.com. And we have a great Twitter, Brandon. That's at?
1: mdltpodcast. It
0: is indeed. And, Doug, our Facebook can be found at?
3: mdlt podcast
0: oh folks it's just so easy so we say goodbye for this week we look forward to next week thank you as always for letting us into your heads and hearts keep exploring keep listening and you can bet your sweet tight buns we're gonna keep making doug listen to podcasts bye bye